Hey y'all, this is Courtney and Imani, and you're listening to the Soul Sisters Podcast. This is the season two premiere of the Soul Sisters podcast. If you are listening in for the first time, thank you for joining us. And you are now officially part of the SSP community. So welcome. And for those of you who tuned in for season one, thank you so, 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 so much for all of your support. I know many of you were listening to season one while we were on break and we even got to chat with some of you through our Slack channel. So we want to make sure that we stay in touch with you all at all times. So again, thank you so much for all of your support. So what's been going on? 2020, such an interesting year so far. And we're only three months in. Uh, Not going to lie, this year has caught me off guard in many ways. There was just a lot of things that I wasn't prepared for. Like I thought I was ready for this year. And I, I just wasn't as ready as I I thought I was. Like, 2020 came out swinging, and I wasn't prepared. But I'm here, and I'm okay. All is well. How about you? It's good. I'm good. Um, I think January went really well, and then, like, February, March has been on a slippery slope. But, you know, it's all okay. It's all good. God is still good. Listen. So yeah, 2020 don't like nobody right now. It 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 just doesn't. Not at all. It Not just at all. It Literally just doesn't. But nevertheless, we're here. We're back, and we're so excited um, to have these conversations with y'all again. And so we're gonna introduce something new. We are introducing a new segment called Kingdom versus Culture. And the premise of this segment is to address any hot topics that are being discussed by pop culture. Um, typically on public platforms, especially on social media, we get worldviews that are contrary to God's word and how he expects us to live our lives. So we want to encourage one another to be imitators of him despite what the majority thinks because living a kingdom lifestyle is contrary to culture, no matter how you frame it. So the topic for this week is the coronavirus. It is the one thing that is taking the world by storm. Um, It is a pandemic that is just causing an uproar everywhere and all parts of the world and i just i don't know about you corny i just like this happened out of nowhere it did like i'm one of the pocs for all this for my team and it literally just was like oh you're the poc like it just came out of nowhere like no one was prepared like the u.s was definitely not prepared of course not. Uh, we were the least prepared out of, of course not. everybody like everything is shutting down and like from a culture standpoint there's a lot of mixed reactions so like you have your comedians such as black twitter who find ways to humor people which is why i appreciate twitter so much because sometimes you just gotta laugh through the pain and then you have other people who claim to know the details about the outbreak but they're really just getting their information off of social media <laughs> 
which is not always good. And then you have those who take what the CDC says and just run with it. Like, they are going to the extreme. These are the people that are buying all the face masks, all the hand soap. These are the people that are trying, that are saying that you need to hide your kids, hide your wife, go into isolation, and just stop doing your daily activities. And it's so interesting because this is all rooted in fear. Mm. Right. We're seeing culture um, respond in ways that are really a, a culmination of people's fear. But for those of us um, who live a kingdom lifestyle, we are to use wisdom, but not live in fear. Right. So, yes, we want to take the necessary precautions. It's important for us to educate ourselves and make sure that we are informed, but we're not supposed to be on edge or constantly be in a panic mode. And that's so important to emphasize, especially now, uh, because God didn't give us a spirit of fear and his plan is not for us to live in fear. Like we're supposed to trust him and depend on his protection and his healing power while also using the authority that's been given to us. Like, I just feel like this is the time for the church to arise. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know that there are churches that are like we are streaming services, we are canceling everything. And I'm just like, nah, I just feel like this is the time for the church to arise. We Mm -hmm. we literally have the power to heal people. So if someone does get affected with coronavirus, we literally have the power to lay hands on them and they shall be healed. Or we could pull a Jesus and just say the word and it's done. We may not even have to lay hands. I don't know. That's just Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel about it. And I just really Mm -hmm. think it's just time for us, the church, to arise and just really be at the forefront when it comes to how people are responding to things. But I just feel like some people, some members of the body are just sort of like assimilating to culture and carrying out that fear. And we're supposed to do the opposite. I agree. What are your, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, like, I think... Everything was complete. What you said was like a plus a hundred. I think the fear part is where as Christians, we're supposed to like not dwell in that um, and be prayerful. And this is the time where we're supposed to be like, like corporate prayer needs to be a thing in church. It needs to be. Listen, y'all intercessors, y'all, we, us intercessors, (laughs) we need to intercede. We need to intercede. Now is the time. Yeah. And yeah, churches are closing. Is your church closing? Uh, no. My church Mm -hmm. is not closing. They have put extra services, told us to skip seats, and we will be in the house of the Lord on Sunday. Okay, listen, my pastor's (laughs) on the same way. We ain't stopping nothing. Because here's the thing. Like, okay, I know a lot of people are are working from home now, but, like, if you're working from home, are you really working from home? I am. are you out doing, like, errands? (laughs) Are you out and about doing? Exactly. Like, come on, y'all. Let's just keep it real now. Let's just keep it real. We know what it means when we say we working from home. Like it's not this virus is not stopping some of us from going to the gym, from going That's out true. to eat. So why should it stop us from going to church? Going to church. That's true. That's true. I'm just saying. I if listen, if it's me, if I'm infected with the virus, I'm running to a place where I know I can get some healing. That's just me. Yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay, so y'all, that is just um, kingdom versus culture. So that's something that we're gonna do every week, which I'm excited about because. 
pop culture always gives us something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Just out of, yeah, just out of curiosity, like, what have your reactions been to the coronavirus? It's been a lot. Um, being, I guess, for me, um, we are working from home until April 10th. Um, so I will be home, and I'm sort of like, I'm not going to say losing it, but I'm like bored. I'm, but also... Just being the POC for this virus stuff for work, it has put in perspective so much for me. And like I have and sometimes like I've internalized other people's panic. And I was like, wait, this is nothing I should be panicking over. And so I have to check my my flesh and my heart and be like, wait, you're fine. And I have to pray about it. So it, it can be overwhelming because other people are so overwhelmed. But like how I've gone about it is just being careful, washing my hands cleaning off my countertops and everything else and going about my business <laughs> i'm a, i think I, i'll I'm, i'll be fine if i just yes you know yes what about you i am not taking this as seriously as i probably should like i probably um should do a better job of like educating myself and informing myself but like i'm not concerned I'm not I don't think my life is at risk and and maybe part of that is me being naive but listen uh your girl always washes her hands your girl keeps the house clean right like so there's nothing that I feel like I do to keep myself in danger now I am a little bit more cautious because I am constantly at the gym but like Mm -hmm. honestly I didn't like stop and pause until the NBA canceled their season and then I was like oh maybe I should like think about this more but hmm. I'm not scared. I wasn't, I'm not scared now. It's like ruining stuff. Like my mom's supposed to come visit me in two weeks. Now she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, goodness gracious. But all is well. We're going to be fine. Living, working from living home. Exactly. Say, this is, listen, my great grandma used to say, one monkey don't stop the show. It showed the, This coronavirus one virus does not don't stop, stop the show. Okay. <laughs> the I'm show keep doing what was. I keep doing. And keep it pushing. Okay. All right. We're going to transition into the episode topic, which is going to be really interesting. And I'm excited to talk about this. So, you know, like the older we get, the more we realize like we're like our parents. And even though it's somewhat obvious, it's also pretty eye opening when you think about the amount of influence families have in our development. And this also includes like our patterns of sin as well. And so the, ma- uh, the truth of the matter is we inherit traits and preferences from parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents that aren't always positive. So that sinful habit or characteristic is what some people prefer refer to as a generational curse or cycle because the behavior is repeated by different generations in the same family tree. So like poverty, adultery, fornication, um, and many of us don't realize that future generations suffer because of the sins of their forefathers so often we battle things because of what previous generations did or did not do and i believe there are too many young people that are in this position currently and they may not even know know it that that's what it is or recognize it but we're going to talk about it today so what are the different generational curses or cycles in your family tree and which ones have you battled or have experienced the consequences of if any at all. I think the real question is, what isn't in my family tree? I mean, to, to be completely honest, um, for the sake of transparency, 
I come from a very dysfunctional family. Not saying uh, the, the household I grew up in was dysfunctional. Now, in some ways it was, but like my lineage is dysfunctional, mm-hmm. um, especially on my mother's side. So there's a lot of people that battle with addiction. There's been a lot of cycles of abuse, sexual uh physical and just to be completely honest it really all started with my um great grandfather who was sexually and physically abusive towards his children and um we see that cycle throughout different generations in my family also like infertility and things of that nature and so when it comes to the different generational curses or cycles that are within my family the the ones that have affected me Um, definitely divorce because my parents are divorced and so that led to me um, being raised in a single parent household for a while and even now like I still don't know how to like operate in my family sometimes especially when it comes to holidays like splitting time between parents and not only are like my parents divorced but like my grandparents are divorced so it's just a lot It's just way Mm -hmm. too much. Um, And also addiction, because the effect of addiction has caused a strain in my relationship with my mother. And that has been um, really hard in terms of um, reconciliation. Even though um, she's been an addict for the past decade of my life, I've really tried my best to like be a, a... a good daughter and have that relationship but just the effects of addiction just makes it really difficult so even now in this current season that I'm in like there's still a lot of things that I struggle with because of the strain um in the relationship that I have with my mother and not only is there a strain in a relationship between my mother and I but it's that way between her and her mother as well so my grandmother um and so I just really see this play out um, in different generations from my family. And it's just so interesting to me how things are repeated. And it's really it's really nothing but like, you know, part of it is like the consequence. But another part of it is like the trick of an enemy because Mm -hmm. he gets to know your family. He gets to know your lineage. He knows what works. He Mm -hmm. knows the traits and characteristics. Um, So those are the ones that have affected me the most Mm. what about you yeah um there's a couple um I think divorce is definitely one of them um my it started with my grandma my grandma was divorced and she's been divorced I don't know I don't know how many times so that was one and then my mom was divorced once and um but she got remarried so like the seeing the effects of that um so that's one Two, um, having children out of wedlock. Um, my grandmother had my mom out of wedlock. My mom had me and my sister out of wedlock. So that is, that's a whole thing in itself. So those two, um, are the main two. Those are the main two. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I think it's very interesting just like what that looks like for generations. Yeah. So can we talk about the traits that we have picked up from our parents or our grandparents that are not so good, like the negative traits. Mm. Can you think of any off the top of your head? I can. Negative traits in regards to like just traits. 
Yeah, because like, like you said earlier, the older we get, the more we realize that we're like our parents. So for mm-hmm. me, like I've always known that I'm just like my daddy. But the older I get, the more I realize like how I'm like my mom. And it's not necessarily like traits that I like. Mm. Um, let me think like I would say. I think my trait that I I think my mom suffered from anxiety a little bit and I like I got that and so that's one thing I think another thing is just I can't even think right now that's a good question let me come back to that Mm, I'll answer so I realized that when my mom is put in a position where, where she feels threatened or when she feels like she has to defend herself she can say some pretty like mean, wicked, evil things. I have picked up on that. And I've and and I never knew like where it came from. Um for me, I always kind of just saw it as like I'm just direct, like I'm just being real, but I'm just like, no, nah, Imani, like you're just being mean. Like you're just being flat out mean. I did that a lot. So, mm. I sort of like picked up on it and nobody ever like checked her on it. And so I picked up on that. Mm. Um, when it comes to my daddy, I've, I picked up his temper. Mm. Now, he does a better job of controlling it, um, but I've, I've picked up on his temper. It, it, it takes me a lot to get mad, but when I'm mad, I'm mad. Um, and so those are the traits that I just thought I of one. Um, my... I love my mom, but my mom has a sometimes a hard time. She doesn't always express herself, so she builds things up, and then once they can't, you know, what is it the saying? <laughs> when the last straw is the last thing that can just just take her over the edge, that's when all of her emotions come out, and I do the same thing. Um, it is not that I don't want to express myself; I just don't, and I internalize it, and then when something small can happen then everything else comes out and it's so much emotion so much hurt at once so yeah i just thought about another one what so yes my mom is an addict and i have picked on addict like behaviors Hmm. so addicts um are sneaky addicts um they lie addicts try and find their way around things and I used to do that when I was younger because I wanted to spend time with Tyrone so I became sneaky yeah not I really didn't want to bring him up but I mean it's just my truth so um I became sneaky I found um ways to spend time with him when I shouldn't have been with him and um, in a sense, like he became my drug. Mm. I mean, it was a soul tie, so yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. How does it? How does it make you feel knowing that some of the battles that you face aren't necessarily because of you, but due to the actions of previous generations? It frustrates me a lot. It really does. Before twenty twenty, I had the mindset like, "Oh, I'm just gonna break it." Now, I don't know what has happened, but now I'm just kind of sitting here thinking like, 
dang, why couldn't y'all get y'all stuff together? Like, why couldn't y'all make better decisions? And honestly, this is kind of just where I'm at spiritually. It's just like, why me? Like, Mm -hmm. why do I have to be the one to break the generational curse? Why do I have to be the one that's the trailblazer? Because it's hard. Like, breaking Mm -hmm. generational curses is not for the weak. And Mm -hmm. it has really, like, challenged me in ways that have made me so uncomfortable. I can already do bad all by myself. Like, dealing with me and the choices that I have made are enough in itself. But to deal with the effects of previous generations, it really just bothers me that that's just how it is. Because a lot of generational cycles, at least within my family, aren't addressed. Mm. Like, we know it's a thing, but no one is addressing it. For example... People knew that a certain great uncle of mine was sexually abusing his nieces and nephews. Even his mama knew. But nobody was, like, addressing it. Like, nobody Mm. reported him to the police. And he would be at the family functions like it was cool around all the kids. Like, it was cool. But, Mm. like, nobody is addressing it. Mm. Which, in a way, is essentially you supporting that behavior. Yeah, which contributes as to why it keeps going. So I think that's the first thing. Like, I understand we all make mistakes, right? And we all have those um, choices that aren't necessarily the best. But can we just acknowledge it first? Like, let's just not act like this elephant is not in the room because it is, it's big, it's right there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that has bothered me the most is why hasn't this been addressed and why does the responsibility to break it and do something different fall on me Mm. that is like my main tension point right now in this season of my life Mm. that makes sense that's good what about you i think it doesn't piss me off i think it hurts so more so like in the situation of like having like children out of wedlock so because my mom had me out of wedlock, like I've struggled to have a good relationship with my father and like, and then not even just my father, like other male figures, because I've been raised by women my whole life. And so there are male figures in my life that I just struggle to have relationship with, to build relationship with, because I'm, I don't know what that looks like. And so it just like annoys me more so than anything to be like, dang, like, if I did have my, my dad around, if my mom and my dad did, were married, were together, whatever, then I wouldn't have ever had to go through this. I would never know what it feels like to not have a dad-ish um, and to feel like I didn't have to, like, figure out what it means to, like, have those that kind of relationship. And it would, I wouldn't struggle with having male relationships in my life, like my father figures in my life. Because it takes a lot out of me, like, to just try to get to know them and to, like, figure out what is what is it like to, like, navigate this father figure that I have or the all the father figures that I have. So, yeah, it just, I guess it upsets me and it annoys me more so than anything. And it's just like, I guess, dang, like, why do I have to, like, figure this out? Yeah. Such is life. And I guess that's just kind of, like, that's just how things are 
when you're a Christian because you essentially take on responsibilities that aren't yours. I mean, like Jesus did it. Yeah. <laughs> he Simply did it, put. which really gives me no room to complain, to keep it above. <sighs> um, and, and it's just so interesting. Um, and, and I read this uh, when I was studying the Bible the other day. And it talks about how the strong are supposed to take on um, basically the burdens of the weak. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've been struggling with is like comparison. Mm. And it's like, well, why do I have to be the one to do this? Or they don't have as much responsibility as I do. Or like I, I'm the one that had to grow up quickly and um, I really would like to get to a point where I just stop complaining and stop comparing and just start doing it. Mm. And I'm not sure why I'm in this phase right now um, because this really isn't like me. So I'm, I'm still trying to get to the root of like what has triggered all of this. Um, but when it comes to just like the call in my life and the things that I have to work through, it really just makes me mad that I have to work through them because some of it is is not because of my own doing. It'd be one mm-hmm. thing if I have to deal with the things that I cause, but to deal with the things that are caused by other people, that, mm-hmm. I want no parts of it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. That's valid. But at the same time, it's like, well, what did Christ do? And I'm just like, eh, you're right. Mm-hmm. And my, my counselor told me that. She was like, how do you think Jesus feel? Well, you Whoop. hit me with that. I can't say nothing. <laughs> Whoopses. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say nothing. Yeah. But it's, um, it's difficult. It's, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Proud of you, though. Thank you. I'm trying. I really am. Yeah. What are you doing now to make sure you don't continue those cycles or pass on to future generations? So I think the first thing is being aware of what those cycles are and mm-hmm. what those curses are. So one thing that I did, I I listed out um, my family tree, both sides. So my mama's side and my daddy's side. And... Not to say that there aren't any generational cycles on my daddy's side. It's just not to the same extent on my mom's Mm -hmm. side. And so I literally listed out every cycle, every curse, or even every um, fault within each generation. So whether that was like um, addiction, adultery, fornication, having a miscarriage, um, self-control, obesity, uh, mm. selling drugs, an ex-convict, like just mm. everything like that. And that, and I color-coded and everything. It's it's very well organized. I'm kind of impressed with myself that I did it. But just seeing it all listed out and seeing how it has played within three to four generations within my family, it has really put things into perspective that I'm up against a lot. So the first thing is awareness. And initially, like, I haven't been wanting to be aware of certain things. So, for example, like, I had a friend and he was like, why did your parents get a divorce? And I know that my mom's alcoholism played a part in it. I just don't know what was the the breaking point. Mm 
I don't know what took place for both of them to be like, all right, I'm done. And I told him, I was like, I actually don't want to know. I'm kind of scared to know. And he was like, no, Imani, like you need to know so you know what to pray against. Mm. And so for me, that really just sort of put things into perspective. Like it's important for me to be aware of everything that I'm fighting against. Because in some cases, it was because I didn't know that I experienced it in the first place. Mm. So I would say that's the first thing. The second thing is really taking the time to focus on um, healing and coming to terms with the things that have happened in my life because I know a lot of the decisions that were made in previous generations came from a place of hurt, came from a place of pain that wasn't addressed. And I just don't want to be like that. And the last thing is just making up my mind to make the right choices and to do the right things. Like until you make it up in your mind that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and until you make it up in your mind that you're no longer going to play the victim role or make excuses, it's going to be hard for you to make any progress. So I, I literally have made it up in my mind like, okay, this is what mama did. This is what grandma did. I can't take it back, but I can make the decision to do something better so that the next generation doesn't suffer. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's what about good. you? What are you doing? I think all my life I have intentionally done this because I didn't want it for myself. Um, so like doing things and so like the um, having children out of wedlock. So for me, that's been waiting like that's like uh, uh-uh. there is no way in the world that like I'm having children out of wedlock. There's no way that's going to happen. Um, and I think it's, it may be a prote- like a protective thing at the same time, like so it doesn't happen. But I think that's my way of like breaking that cycle. Um, it's like if I am making sure that my future family have a solid foundation, they have a two-parent household and like no children are born out of wedlock, then like... I'm going to do whatever needs to be done. And so for me, that's like a thing that I've always had in mind is like mommy and daddy are going to be together. Mommy and daddy are going to be happy. And my children will never know what it's like to be raised by a single parent. They'll never know what it's like to have a dad that's not, you know, in their life as much. Um, so I think I've always done that like unconsciously, but now like being more intentional of, going into like, okay, well, because you are dealing with the daddy issues because of that, how are you fixing that? So like doing little things of, of building relationships with them, the father figures in my life and like doing little things that help me to not get to that point. Um, and of course, just talking it out. Therapy's great. Therapy is wonderful um, of just like different things those traits that you were talking about like internalizing things and then like something takes me over the edge and it all comes out I'm learning to like say what I need to say say how I need to say it say all that I need to say and then eventually it's like I like I can stop talking about it um, but I think one of the things, the best things that I've done for myself is to just talk about it because if I, once I've learned when I suppress myself, that's when things get worse for me. Um, and so I've had to like 
be confrontational and say what I feel and just do that. And it's made me feel better. So that's breaking that cycle of just emotional overload in a sense. And it's, it's helped me a lot. So yeah, those are the things that I'm doing. And like, I guess being aware of those things and like, oh, I do do that. And like, oh yeah, I watched my mom do that. So that's why I do that. So little things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's good. I know I touched on this a little bit, but how do you feel about having the responsibility that you do for future generations? It's pretty heavy. Um, I carry this responsibility really seriously, specifically when it comes to having kids out of wedlock and not getting divorced. I take that so seriously. Um, and this some, it's something that I've always wanted for myself and for future generations. It's heavy because you just, you never know how life could turn out. And so it's really heavy to feel like I have to make sure I've in, I, matter of fact, Imani, I thought about this when we thought we fasted once and like we had this, these conversations and just thinking like, dang, like I'm having to think about my kids and they're not even here. Like we're like I'm I'm mm-hmm. having to think of, about them and their future way before they even get here. Yeah. And it's like, dang, we're so young. And it's like to have that responsibility and to be so knowledgeable about that and be like, yeah, you gotta you gotta not do that. You gotta fix this because you don't want your kids to go through that. And it's like, man, that's heavy, especially being so young and being so aware of it. Yeah, I mean, we're 22, but listen, <laughs> you cannot tell me I have not lived the life of a 40-year-old. I I promise, like, I'm oh, old. I, no, seriously, like, I, I'm 22, but I'm not 22, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Why are you looking like that? I'm, I'm so trying serious. To, I'm, I'm trying to... Piece it together. I'm just saying age does not define maturity. That's what I'm saying. There we go. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, because listen, there's there's people older than us with kids that have no clue about this stuff. And they're it's passing true. it on. So it's true. Huh? Well, you know better, Thank you God for maturity. Mm-hmm. And awareness. Yeah. And awareness. You know, people be like, oh, ignorance is bliss. No. I wish. <laughs> it's not. No. It's not. It really isn't. It's not. It's not. Yeah. So is that it? Is that That's it. Is? Okay. That's it. All right. Well, y'all, we are still sticking to our Bible verse for each um episode. So this week we're gonna take a look at Romans. First of all, let me just say, Paul was in Man. his bag when he wrote Romans. Man, he Romans was in his Man. bag. Man, Romans, that book right there. Oh man, it yeah, it reads me every. It should read time. everybody. It reads every <laughs> single one of us. Every single man. Time. Paul was, I mean, I know yeah. Paul's dope, right? But Man. just Romans alone? He was, he was, yeah, he was in his bag. He was in his bag. Straight fire. <laughs> and I like it because, like, so much of his personality comes out. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yeah. man, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't I do. Don't, <laughs> I, I shouldn't do, I do. I'm like, Paul, we here. Man, listen. <laughs> we I'm are like, right man, here. I feel that. I feel that. We are right here. Anywho. I oh, recently just reread it. I recently just reread it. You just highlight then, the whole book at that point. Literally, I'm like, man, this this on the shuttle, like, dog for real? Oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, wow. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shook. Man. Shook. He he got that church all the way together with that. Man, one. listen. <laughs> wow. That is so funny. <laughs> but we're gonna take a look at Romans six, um, verses ten through eleven. It says, When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Essentially, because Christ came, right, and was the sacrifice for us, um, when it comes to our relationship with the Father, God sees us as being free from sin. Sin has no power over us. So it literally does mm-hmm. not matter what generational curses are in your family, the mm-hmm. sins that anybody in your family has committed. Sin has no power over us. And because it has no power over us, we have everlasting life through Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And we literally have the authority to break generational curses. Mm-hmm. We literally um are meant to be here to be game changers and to do what mama didn't do what daddy didn't do to do everything that previous generations didn't do Mm -hmm. this sin in itself will not prevent us from having a relationship with god as long as we acknowledge christ as lord and accept him as our savior Mm. so no matter no now the the effects of sin is great it is what it is like Mm -hmm. the consequences are great but it literally cannot defeat us jesus broke the curse so thank god for jesus for freedom no for (laughs) the freedom man for freedom i felt that (laughs) yeah i felt that sin can't listen Mm. sin can't win sin has already been defeated period oh i felt that okay continue Mm. Go ahead. Wow, I really felt that deeply. Yeah. Um, all right, y'all. We're going to pray, and we're going to close this thing out. Father God, thank you for just being who you are, Lord. Thank you that you have given us authority over things that have come into our bloodlines. Lord, I thank you that we have the authority to defeat all generational curses. I thank you that that they have no authority over us. I thank you that you are strengthening us and giving us the awareness that we need to be able to tackle the things that um, are are controlling our actions and making um, us make decisions that are not of you, Lord. I pray that you help us as we fight these generational curses and the things and the effects of them. I pray that you help us to be strong and mighty in you as we fight and I know that in, in the end, when everything is said and done, that they will not win. They will not have authority over us. And I thank you just for your freedom and for the blood of Jesus that covers all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, y'all, we are back in full effect. You will continue to get episodes Woo. on a weekly basis until... Until... <laughs> 
until <laughs> dot 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 the rapture until <laughs> dot 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 so if you have any topic suggestions make sure you let us know um in our link tree which that link is in our bio on instagram also don't forget to join our slack channel where you can connect with us but also other um believers from around the world like you literally just mm-hmm. have access to us yeah you can ask literally us anything up under the sun you really can and so also let us know what you think about this week's episode but until then Mm -hmm. y'all take care bye bye